Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Who cares about Who the go to details? Right. Go to school and learn math. Why? <laughs> Why? If, it, if, if the money's right, math doesn't matter. And that's yeah. what it's about. That is very true. Big 10 is well, the only math that matters is the math mm-hmm. involving the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's you call it what you want. Mm-hmm. You call it the big two. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Money, right? As long as the logo works. Yep. They love their logo, too. Oh, yeah. It's a cool logo. What they're able to do with the B and the one and the oh, zero. Come what they, on. You put a four in there. Come on. Screws everything up. Yeah. You're nuts. Big foe. The Brock Osweiler story is one like I've never seen before. I mean, I've seen quarterbacks sign big deals and then <laughs> totally fall apart. But for it to happen this quickly and for him to go sign a free agent deal for 70-some-odd million dollars with the Texans. Go to the playoffs with that team. Now, he was terrible. I mean, there's no two ways about it. But still, go to the playoffs. Then get traded in what was essentially a salary dump. That's all that that was, was a salary dump. Get him out of here. We can't deal with this guy. Just we'll take anything back for him. I mean, the fact that the Texans traded stuff to the Browns with Brock Osweiler just so they would take the guy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in the NFL. It happens in the <laughs> NBA. It doesn't happen in the yeah. NFL. It happened in the NFL. And then he competes for a job. He loses a job to Deshaun Kaiser, who many people thought and still think is nowhere near ready in a franchise that's nowhere near ready to win. He can't even play for that team, and he ends up back with the only team he's had success with, the Denver Broncos, who said no to all that guaranteed money when the Texans right. gave it to him, and at some point this season, the SOB might even start for them. <laughs> and, wow! And if that happens, and he ends up being the good Brock Osweiler like we saw in Denver, then I am just my head will explode at that point. <laughs> that will be all I can take. He reverts to the one that got paid, uh, that leveraged that play, that play and being bitched at the end of the season into a huge seventy-two million dollar. Contract, yeah, your head will spin. And, and he was ecstatic. And why wouldn't he uh, to be back there with the Broncos at, at a place he knows pretty damn well. And, I mean, the guy signs the, the veteran <laughs> minimum, but that's all he needs to sign because he's going to get paid from the Browns. Right. It get $15 million from the Browns. Thank you. Whatever you want to pay me, I don't care. Just keeps getting paid. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah. and I, what? I, I suck here. I suck there. I get beat out by a rookie. And I go back to the place where I turned down a contract and, and said when I signed with the Texans that felt like they gave me the best chance to compete, which was kind of a slap in the face to the team that was trying to retain my services. But, hey, all that's under the bridge. Yeah. It's all good now. Would have played for a dollar, that Brock yeah. Osweiler, with the Broncos because he's already got that money. Let's listen to a little bit of Brock now that he's back with Denver. I'm ecstatic to be back here. Um, you know, it's kind of like that old deal when – you know, you're a little kid and your mom, you know, she tells you don't touch the hot stove. 
So what do you have to do as a curious kid? You got to go touch the hot stove, and, and you, learn, you, you learn real quick uh, you know, how nice that stove is when it's not hot. Now, <laughs> no, you don't learn how nice that stove is when it's not You learn not to touch the hot stove. That's what you learn. All these nice things I just said about Brock. And <laughs> took that money. You learn how nice the stove is when it's not. But, well, but mm. <laughs> now, what did he mean by that? Did he mean like he shouldn't have left? Yes, I think that's what he's trying to say. It shouldn't leave. So he's not taking any responsibility for his sucking. Yeah, so, so it wasn't the, his fault when he left to play elsewhere. It wasn't his fault that he didn't play well. It was the fact that he left a comfortable situation in an environment that he knew very well. wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault that he took his ball elsewhere to play, and it didn't work out. That's what he's saying, essentially. Yeah, yeah he's saying it's the stove's fault. I don't like that. It's the stove's fault. I don't like the that. The stove burnt me. It's a hot stove. It, it's the stove's fault. Yeah. Not that I touched the stove. In two different places? The In two stove, di- was hey, the stove. The stove was, with was, two guys who were hey. known for doing wonders with quarterbacks? It, it was Bill O'Brien and Hugh Jackson? It, it was a gas stove, Ugh. and he's only used to electric kind. Come on. It's a hot yeah. stove. Yeah. It's a hot stove. Yeah, that was a bad it was analogy. A, it's a different coach, too, now hmm. that he's got out there. It's not even the same right. situation. True. I and it wasn't know. the fact that he wasn't good enough to be a rookie or anything like that. It was the stove. Yeah, And if anybody thinks that this is some sort of referendum on Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch, I think it's the total opposite. I think what John Elway, well, maybe not the total opposite, but I think what John Elway is thinking is he may be happy with his quarterbacks, but I can sign this guy who won games for me a couple of years ago in a season where we won a Super Bowl, who yeah. I know is capable mm-hmm. for the veterans minimum. I don't have to pay him all that money. Right. He knows how to – he's played here before. I've got nothing to lose with this. So for those who are like, oh, boy, that means that they don't like Paxton Lynch if they're bringing Osweiler in. No, I don't think so. I think that this provided a unique opportunity for John Elway to have more depth at a position for very little cost. Listen, it's both. They are not enamored with Paxton Lynch and his inability to grasp the playbook. They are not happy with that. This guy's had a whole season as a rookie and now an offseason, and still he has not picked up what it is they're trying to do. Now, I know you have a new staff that's that's in play, but he still has struggled. And so that uh, in that area, they're not happy. And this makes perfect sense for them. There's a guy that we know. Here's a guy that knows us. We don't have to pay him a lot of money. Veterans minimum. Let's bring him back. Let's see if he's open to coming back. So this is perfect perfect situation for the Broncos yeah and they probably I mean, whatever feelings that they had about Paxton Lynch whether Osweiler is there or not I mean we're going to remain the same uh, so I don't think they feel any worse about him today because right. Brock Osweiler is there I don't think you can make big judgments uh, on that but if he ends up going there and playing well I, I don't think he's just so tough to watch he really is he plays the game in slow motion like, I'd much rather watch Bortles than, than Osweiler. If I had really? to pick one guy to stink it up. It's just, because Bortles at least, I don't know, like at the end of games will do something. Osweiler's just, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's that long delivery, man. He went 5-2 and two when he started for them a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, I know. He was great for them. Well, not great. He was very good for yeah. them. 
But then he got benched for broke down quarterback. TJ Ward was cut by the Broncos, mm-hmm. signed by the Buccaneers, and he was as a safety, a final year of a four year, twenty two and a half million dollar deal. And he was so ticked off mm-hmm. at the Broncos for doing this. He said, quote, I just think they handled it completely unprofessionally. Uh, he said they could have let me know what was going on. You had a full off season, you know. I know it's a business, but when you have good employees, you're supposed to treat your employees a certain way. Now, you know, this was because, and John Elway said it was the play of draft picks Justin Simmons and Will Parks that allowed them to move on from T.J. Ward. So it wasn't draft picks in 2017. It was draft picks in 2016 mm-hmm. those guys were drafted. But... There are times where you think that a certain guy is going to be a part of your team when you enter camp. And then as camp goes on, you see guys who were rookies last year emerge, and then you see a veteran who's making a lot of money, and you got to cut the roster down, and there's going to be roster casualties because of it. Yes. So, you know, if they had tweeted out that they cut TJ Ward and didn't call him into the office, then right. okay, sure, maybe, you know, that's unprofessional. But. Just because they made the decision when they did doesn't make that unprofessional. They probably didn't know that they were going to do that until you know a couple days before they were about to do it, or maybe even that morning. I yeah. don't know. And what was he scheduled to make about five, six million dollars on the last year of a four year deal? And that is correct. I, I was taken aback by TJ Ward's comments as well. You know how this business works and, and here's a guy who's been dealing with a hamstring injury the entire preseason and, and and so if other guys emerge in your absence they play particularly well and the money's right you know as a vet your days are numbered so how how else were they supposed to handle this look tj you've been a pro bowler here you've helped us win a super bowl you've been a great teammate and all that but this is business and it's not like they went out and and, and told everyone the entire world and then called you up and said hey bring your playbook no they didn't do that. So uh, as difficult as it is for a veteran and a guy who's going in his last year as, uh, uh, last year of his deal and a guy who wanted to remain, and he's professed this, he wanted to remain with the Broncos for the rest of his NFL career, as difficult as that is, you just have to tough it out and take your medicine. And it wasn't like they were trying to be disrespectful. This was just the timing in which this occurred. I've got a friend who's really high – on the Chargers this year. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because Anthony Lynn is a friend of the program. Mm-hmm. And he's a real friend of of Brian Jones. And most of the talk around the L.A. Chargers this year has been more about the stadium that they're playing in, which players are going to the Hall of Fame ceremony. Right. Like, these are the things that, you know, Dean Spanos is the worst. Like, these are the things that they're talking about the Nobody's talking about the Chargers. Right. Like nobody's talking about all right, Philip Rivers hasn't lost much. They were a team that was decimated by injury last year. Melvin Gordon had a breakout season. You're getting Keenan Allen back and healthy and adding him to a receiver core that had guys like Dontrell Inman and Tyrell Williams step up in the absence of uh Keenan Allen last year. Hunter Henry's a guy who also yes. um stepped like him up. a lot. I mean, so and, and and the defense is is not a terrible defense. Melvin Ingram, you got Joey Boso over there who really flashed some 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 good play when he eventually got there on the field after holding out. 
Uh, so the big issue for the Chargers, and Dan Fouts said this when we talked to him last week, he is the offensive line. Can they get some continuity up front? Every other piece is there. Mike Williams, who they drafted out of Clemson, number one pick, can he stay healthy with that neck issue? Uh, but I, I agree. It, this is a team that's quietly going under the radar, and I believe their first game is the Broncos. Uh, so uh, they'll have a big test right out of the gate. That should be a good one. But the offensive line, if they can get that right, look out. With a veteran quarterback like Philip Philip Rivers, that running game you mentioned, the wide receivers, the tight end. You know, you got Gates and Henry. Uh, they make a, a great duo at the tight end position and defensively on the up and up. They could quietly make some noise. Yeah, I I've at first disagreed with that take and then looked more into it and then decided that he might be on to something. Yeah, uh, at Denver, is it's the second of the two Monday night games that they open up with on Monday night football uh, is week one we for the Chargers. We won't be watching that one. <laughs> no. I do love the fact that the first one, though, is earlier. And it and it, it lulls me into this false sense of security. Well, it is earlier this year. What is it? Well, because they do the double header, right, right. so it's like seven o'clock, I oh, guess, okay. or whatever yeah. it is. So then you, I'm like, wow, on Eastern time, we're talking about mm-hmm. it because we are selfish pigs. Yes, we are, and that's all we care about. <laughs> uh, so uh, then I'm always like, oh man, this is amazing, and then I remember that it's just for one week ah, that that happens. Dang it! Yeah, just one damn, one, just one damn one week. Week teasing yeah. us. Yeah, it's gonna get here quick, man. It's gonna get here quick. Got that full slate of college football last weekend, which was just tremendous. I did stop in a bar where they had all the games up right around kickoff of, of Michigan, Florida. And they're they're just like that scene, even though we've been through it a million times. Well, you you're in the studio, obviously, most of the time. But just like the loud bar on mm-hmm. a Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like, you know, it's like seeing the the red-breasted robin in spring. You know, that like, you know, <laughs> hops across and frolics across your lawn and goes, "Oh, it's here." Yeah. You know, here we are. <laughs> like when you're just sitting in there and just loud play-by-play and people are when something happens and clicking of stuff and yeah. just, you know, crappy light beer and pitchers that's coming out everywhere. It's just it just feels right. You know, it's just like, man, here we are it's again. It's right. This is it. This is why we live for moments like this right here. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, it's here, man. And and it's full expression. So it was a hell of a start to the weekend. Some great games. And then even more great games uh, this the second week of the season. We took Auburn and, and Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. I mean, this is fabulous. A fabulous start to the season. We actually have a game on CBS this week, TCU and Arkansas. That should be a good one. Coming up next, Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network, two-time Super Bowl champion, joins us to talk some ball. Come right back. This is L.A. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn, and you're listening to G.O. and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. La, 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 la. Stop now. <laughs> I, I mean, I told Tom you how. Herman would have sprinkled fairy dust and the horns would have won. I told you, man, I got in big trouble for saying what you said just before on the air. Big trouble for that. And? I'm what type of trouble? You. From whom? The boss at the time. You can't, can't say radio that. boss. Yeah, really. His name was Terry Fox. He wanted to perpetuate that lie. He said that you're angering the listeners. We got a lot of complaints. That's what he because said. Because you said there was no, yep, jolly old white dude that's going to come down your chimney. Right. Yep. Okay. That's what I. That's what I said. Yeah. I use. I use it as a, like a, an analogy. It's sort of like when you find out, yeah. like that's what. And then, how you do that? 
can't do that. Pacing around the office. <laughs> that's what he said. Ripping you me. Can't deny Santa Claus. So now, I mean, after, mess up Christmas for everybody. How at, are they gonna sell gifts? After that huh? experience, yeah, I'm very sensitive to that. Mm. So when I hear you do that, it's just not. It's just not a good thing, oh, man. Oh, so I he, learned he, my he lesson. Changed you? Yeah, I learned my lesson. Hmm. Yeah. Who knew? No wonder you keep that picture of him. No, Terry Fox? Yeah. No, I, I'll tell you why him. I keep the picture. Because he changed you. He no. made you a better man. No, no. I, well, I, I don't keep it anymore because we had to move out of the newsroom. Oh, you don't have it in a cubicle over here? Or one of these uh No, no, desks? I don't. No, because those, these, everybody, I mean, everybody used those too, but it felt like it was more of a little, your own personal yeah, space. Yeah, This, bit. not so here, much. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have that stuff anymore. So why you keep the picture? To remind me that things could always be worse. Oof. Yeah. Oof. What? <sighs> Okay. That's what it could be worse because so on, on a bad day that was my least favorite time in the business. Okay. So if I had a bad day, I'll look to that and go remember how how bad how, it was. Yeah, that's all. It, why is that a bad thing? What? Why that particular going, day when he admonished you? Why is everybody you? saying oof? No, I'm just saying. I was, think that's a good oh, thing. That's pretty I'll damning of him, right? Well, so it's just that, that one particular day that yeah that was really bad. That's right. Well, okay, we since, so we you... since we since made up. Oh, y'all fun. made up. It was fun. Y'all yeah. cool? Oh, good. oh yeah, no, he does a great job. He's got one of he's uh, one of our stations down in uh, Atlanta. Does an amazing job with that, and they're doing really well. What's wrong well. with your arm? Nothing. You just, okay? Yeah, just a, oh, I was you, throwing a baseball were, yesterday. Maneuvering so. it in a okay. Yep. Yeah. Right? So you yeah, tennis elbow or something. Yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> so yep. Yachts and tennis. I mean, you are as bougie as it gets. I don't have a yacht. He's, he's going to come in with the sweater draped around mm-hmm. his neck and all that? No, I'm not. Come yeah. On. He'd be like the cats in trading totally places, yeah, singing the little fraternity song. No. Call me captain. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. No. Hanging out with Buffy and Muffy. Yeah. yeah. Buffy and yeah. Muffy. Yeah. Now, now we're talking. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Buffy and Muffy. They do exist. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we're talking. <laughs> All right. Uh, focus is. <laughs> no, Mr. Fox wouldn't frown upon that, right? No. No, no, no. no. Probably even buy him a ticket, right? Yeah, yeah. On the company. Hey, thanks, Greg. So, Georgia Tech quarterback Taquan Marshall ran 44 times against number, twive, twi- number 25. Twive? Georgia Tech quarterback Taquan Marshall ran 44 times against number 25 Tennessee last (laughs) night in Atlanta. But don't forget. He can actually throw the ball well, too. That's good to hear, Paul Johnson. Hopefully he spoke up enough for you there. Just nine pass attempts last night from Marshall. He tried to run and throw for a winning two-point conversion, but was denied by the Vols. They won 42-41 in double overtime after trailing by 14 in the fourth and blocking a game-winning 36-yard field goal as regulation expired. And then they hit the ball in the trash can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Tech didn't yeah. have to go for two in double OT, but here's why Johnson did. I just felt like that we had a better chance of getting a two-point conversion when we did stop in them. We they scored twice in three plays in the two overtimes. So uh, the second half, once I got rolling, there wasn't much stopping And they were going to have to go in the next overtime anyway, so right. I had no problem with that call. Marshall, by the way, finished with 249 rushing yards, five scores in his first collegiate start. It sure looks like Ezekiel Elliott will play some tonight against the Giants. New York head coach Ben McAdoo is ready. All backs run the same when there's nowhere to run. Boom. The NFL asking a federal court last night to throw out last week's petition from the Players Association. The league says the union cannot ask for an injunction before arbitrator Harold Henderson rules on Elliott's six-game suspension. Giants wide out Odell Beckham Jr. 
and his bad ankle did not practice yesterday. Not one, not two, not three, but four home runs from Arizona right fielder J.D. Martinez last night at Dodger Stadium. When I was swinging, I was hitting him. Martinez drove in six as the Diamondbacks won their 11th straight 13-0 over the Dodgers. The Twins took an 11-4 loss in Tampa Bay. Anaheim outlasted Oakland 11-9 in 11. And the Rangers down the Braves 8-2. Minnesota now leads the Angels by a half game. The Rangers by two. The Rays by three for the second AL wildcard. Roger Federer dismissing Philip Kohlschreiber in straight sets last night at the U.S. Open. Federer will face Juan Martin, Juan Martin Del Potro in the quarterfinals. Sloan <laughs> Stevens uh, played this afternoon. Venus Williams <laughs> and Sam Querrey played tonight. And some legal trouble for the big three and Ice Cube. Pete's bestie being sued by the Champions Basketball League for $250 million for stealing the CBL's players and ideas. The two leagues had partnered to compete with the NBA, but then Ice Cube's group went on its own and maybe took some things it shouldn't have with it. Wow. Boys. Mm. Rough one. Rough one for the Cube. Text them, Pete. Say, uh, Ice Cube, it's Pete. Just want to wish you the best with the lawsuit. I'll shoot him a text. Yeah, okay, t- good. So I got five on the lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ice Cube, <laughs> it's Pete. That's right. It is. Here again, another text. Uh, joining us right now to talk some college football, Howard Griffith. Two-time Super Bowl champion, now with the Big Ten Network. Howard, Ralph. good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing well. How about you guys? We're doing great. And we have a pre-show email that goes around the night before the show. And the first Uh-oh. thing our producer wrote was, it's <laughs> uh, not an oh, it's a good thing. But uh, the first thing our producer wrote was, is Penn State getting enough respect? So I thought in my head, hell, I don't know. I'm going to ask Howard Griffith when he joins us. So... Is Penn State getting enough respect? Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I think the question becomes, why are people picking Ohio State to, to win the conference uh, of the East Division when Penn State won it last year, and then they have all the things that are coming back when you talk about Bur- uh, Barkley and McSorley at quarterback and running back, respectively. And, you know, I think they are. I, I think they've closed the gap on Ohio State. I think the talent level still at Ohio State from – 185 is still Ohio State's favor, but Penn State is coming. And all they need to do is keep going out and worrying about their own business, and I think everything will be fine for Penn State. Griff, always great to catch up with you, man. Enjoy your work. (laughs) Listen, Barkley, what do you have him on your Heisman list? I have him number two right behind Baker Mayfield. He got off to a great start, of course, against Akron, and their defense was woeful last year, and they're picking up right where they left off. How high is the ceiling for this young man? I think it continues to go higher. The reality is you're talking about a kid that's, you know, 5'11", uh, 215, 220 pounds, runs 4'3", can can bench well over 400, can clean well over 400. I mean, he is a machine. And when you turn on the tape, he's one of those guys that you just you go, wow. I mean, the ceiling is so high. He's truly a special player. And, you know, I think his game is going to only improve as as he continues to get a better feel for the game of football. And that I'm not talking about whether he's running or catching, just the subtle nuances of, of what different defenses are going to start to do to try to slow those guys down. But he's very dangerous when you have a guy or a quarterback like McSorley. You know, defenses don't know really what to do. You know, you're going to try to take away Barkley, and then McSorley is still there. And, you know, that offensive line at Penn State is so much improved that, 
you know, I, I would not be surprised if he continues to put up big numbers this year better than he did last year because he, he's stronger, he's faster, and, and the reality is he's probably a much better football player, which is scary to say, than he was last year. Griff, they showed a video of the guy cleaning. I pulled about eight muscles just watching that. Just watching, right? Damn! I mean, it was just amazing the amount of weight the cat was cleaning. Whew. Anyway. He, I, yeah, he, it, he's unbelievable as a player. He is unbelievable. Gio and Jones with Howard Griffith on CBS Sports Radio. Give me one thing you liked from Michigan against Florida on Saturday and one thing you didn't. Well, one of the things I think I, I really like was the fact that they're starting to now all of a sudden be able to run the ball. Talking about Michigan now. Um, before last year, they wanted to line up two tights, fullback, really tight formations. Uh, and last year they still were struggling to run the football. Now, I, I know the Florida offensively is not all that great, so that kind of holds that team back. But defensively, they have players over there. So they are pushing people around. So you like the fact that they can get in these pro formations, tight formations, and still be able to control the line of scrimmage. I really like that. You look at Wilton Spate, two, two interceptions uh, that, that were ill-advised, and it was really him not following through on his throw. So you, he's got to be able to take care of the football because I think when they're playing a better team that, that can have that has some offense and can score, you can't afford to put the ball uh, in the opponent's hands, let alone throw pick sixes like he did. So, you know, that's something that I think will continue to improve, but you really got to like the way this Michigan offense is playing right now, running the football, and then uh, Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones, the wide receivers, young wide receivers that are really going to be able to contribute for this team this year. There is nothing that you didn't like about Maryland whipping up on my Longhorns. Am I correct? <laughs> well, I mean, did you see that one coming at all? Well, I didn't think Texas was a three-touchdown favorite or 18-point favorite. Uh, I think that was the line. I didn't, I didn't think that was realistic. Yeah, I think what you have to be encouraged by, though, you know, is the plays that they made in special teams. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. that was a big part. So if you're a Maryland fan, you, you want to see Maryland tighten up special teams. But Maryland looks like they're going to be without their quarterback that got things started, uh, Pigram, and they're going to have to go with uh, Khalil uh, Hill, mm-hmm. who is really talented. When I was there this summer, I thought he was the most talented quarterback. He's a true freshman, but you're going to have to. Maryland's going to have to go through those growing pains. But but they made a lot of plays, and in coming out of camp, I didn't think Maryland was a very physical football team uh, from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. But they kind of proved that wrong. So I, I don't really know what to make of it because when you talk about Texas football the last couple of years, people complained about them not being physical. So I think we're going to have to wait another week to really get an idea of what Maryland ultimately is going to look like. Is that generally your rule that the first week there's a lot of stuff you have to toss out? How do you, as an evaluator, process week one without overreacting too much but also not ignoring some important things? Yeah, well, I think you look at a couple teams, and this is how I looked at them. You look at Ohio State got off to a really slow start. The Badgers got off to a really slow start. But then you look at Penn State, and they just came out and really played well. Now, I know the opponent that Penn State played wasn't, wasn't very good in Akron, but they still weren't having all the mistakes that you saw some of the other teams having. Uh, yeah, you, you understand who they're playing, but I think you want them to go out and be able to play a clean game as far as uh, the turnovers are concerned, as far as penalties are concerned. But I think you d- it does take a couple of weeks before you really find out the identity of a team. You go back to last last year and you, we watched Michigan State really give it to Notre Dame, and all of a sudden people thought Michigan State was going to be a really good team, and, and you saw what happened there. So, you know, it takes a couple of weeks, I think, to really find out who's going who's gonna to be what. 
unless you're talking about Alabama. And uh, it looks like they're just as uh, good as they've been in the past. Griff, Michigan State, you just mentioned them uh, just a deplorable season a year ago. Uh, they bounced back here at the beginning, 35-10 win over Bowling Green. Now Western Michigan, who played extremely well on the coast versus yeah. SC, comes to town. Uh, upset alert? You, you always have to be, because uh, at least for this year when you talk about Western Michigan, because that's a roster that P.J. Fleck really did a tremendous job of, of building over the last several years, and Sure, he took some of the young, some younger kids that were in this recruiting class on with him to, to Minnesota, but this is still a team that, that's loaded with talent. You saw what they did to, to USC, so I think that Michigan State is not in a place anymore where they can afford to look past people because of all the things that went wrong as far as the leadership and just the injuries and all the off-season problems that they had last year. So I would normally circle this one in a heartbeat. This is going to be upset alert. But because of all the things that they've been through, I think they're going to be really on top of their game because they can't afford to look past anybody. Because right now, when you look at the East, although this isn't a division game, you know they're probably the fourth or fifth best team in the East. Depends on where you slot Maryland right now. So Michigan State is really in a situation now where they're trying to climb back into it. I'm not saying that they can get to where they were when they played when they were in the uh, 14 playoffs a couple of years ago. But they have to get back to a point where they can be competitive and they can fight the big three in, in Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Talking to Howard Griffith on Geo and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. You mentioned P.J. Fleck uh, made his Minnesota debut, and it was 17-7 victory over Buffalo offensively. A little bit challenged, especially in the second half, uh, just a field goal in the second half of them uh, offensively. I was watching a, a documentary on him and following him around, and he's just an amazing individual, individual with his energy and his, his positivity. Um, do you think that that can sustain, though, for a long period of time uh, with kids that age? Do you think that you know when, he's, when you're getting that, all that stuff in your face constantly that could ever backfire, you think he's really on to something? Yeah, I think he is. I, I think you either love him or hate him. And in college football, you know, kids commit to programs because they really like the coach and what they're doing. And you go back to see what he was able to do at Western Michigan. He built that program from really nothing. So his model and the way he does things clearly can work. And he's already had a tremendous impact in Minnesota. Minnesota's issue right now is, is they don't have a great roster. They really were not depth. Uh, really deep as far as the roster was concerned. Did they win nine games last year? Yes, they absolutely did. And they've been a good program uh, even before P.J. stepped in and taken over because of what Jerry Kill has built there, who's now at Rutgers, the offense coordinator. But but I think it plays well with certain kids. And, you know, they're going to like it and they're going to respond. And Woody demands is the very best out of players. And, and that's if you sign up for that, that's what you're going to get, and that's what you're going to be willing to give. So I think it absolutely has a place uh, in college football. You can you see it work. I've seen it work, rather. And, and I think he will be successful uh, at Minnesota. The challenge is, you know, he's in the West, and, and I still think that although it, it's, it's not as uh, dominant as the East, I do think teams like a team like Wisconsin has separated themselves from the rest of the pack. So I think there is a gap in talent and just the way they play the game where Wisconsin is right now in the rest of the Western Division. 
Yeah, nine-win season a year ago for the Gophers, and they'll pick off somebody this year, and I think each and every year. So you have to beware. Let me ask you about Purdue. Jeff Brom, first game as the head coach there, the new head coach at Purdue, lose by 7, 35-28 to Louisville. Uh, you, you had the, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner go off. Uh, but other than that, that was a good look, I thought, for Purdue. What did you see during your trek uh, visiting them uh, during the offseason? Yeah, I think another team that has to build a roster, it's one of those things, but they, they have a new football-only building that, that's almost ready, should be just about ready by the, uh, in another month or so. So I think they're doing all the right things the, the right way and what they need to do. Brom, to me, is going to be very interesting. He's one of those guys that uh, really does a great job of scheming uh, opponents. So looking for that perfect matchup, and, and that's what he really got you know, versus Louisville. They gave him all they wanted. Uh, and yeah, Louisville fumbled the ball a couple of times inside the five yard line to help, but I think you have to give some of that credit to Purdue's defense of stepping up and playing as well as they did. I think Jeff's got a, an excellent opportunity uh, at Purdue to be successful, but again, it, it, it comes down to the roster. Much like Penn State, uh, rather Minnesota, he has to do a great job of recruiting, getting the right guys into that system so that they can start to really compete at a high level. Your alma mater, Lovey Smith, second year at the helm. Is he getting the right recruits in there? They struggled with Ball State. Western Kentucky is on the docket yeah. next. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, you know, you you look at uh, Ball State, and they really control the line of scrimmage, and that's not what you want to hear right. if you're you're an Illinois fan. And I think he's starting to. I think they played maybe twelve true freshmen in this game, which is big. And you know, he said it from the very beginning that. You know, you want to play football, you can come to Illinois because there's a lot of playing time there. And, again, same situation as Purdue and Minnesota. They just have to continue to build that roster. But it looks like Lovey is getting some of the guys that he needs and wants to have in that program. People sometimes from the outside aren't getting excited about it because they don't have all these stars. But he's finding guys that really fit uh, what they're doing. And I think he's got to build the base. One thing that he's got in his favor that he's going to have time you know, nobody thought that this was going to be a two- or three-year fix. It's going to take them four to five years to get this team in a position to really be competing for the West. And I know people don't want to hear it. They're Illinois fans, but that's just the reality of what it is because you have, you add a guy like P.J. who's doing a great job, who's going to do a great job recruiting. You talk about Brian Brum. I think that he's going to continue to do a great job. Wisconsin, Iowa, these teams aren't, aren't going anywhere else. And we haven't even talked about Northwestern yet. Yeah. So, there's a, there's a long way to go if you're an Illinois fan, but I think Lovey is the guy because he's going to get the time to be able to build that roster. Howard, always great talking to you. We will talk to you again soon if you allow it. We'll talk to you every day if you'd allow it. Thanks, man. Thanks, my All man. All right, guys, be good. Enjoy the week. Okay, man. Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network. What if he doesn't allow it? Then we won't talk to him. All right. He's a good guest, though, that Howard always. Griffith. Yeah, that Howard Griffith is cool. Yeah. Good. One of the good guys. Knows and likes you. A great American. Yes, he is. Yes. One of the good guys. He yes. really he truly is. Yeah. Not too many of them around. Coming up next, Lucky Whitehead again? Come on, A man. different story? Come on, dude. What is happening? Come on. Coming right back. Follow us on Twitter at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So the Ezekiel Elliott story just mm. continues to take twists and turns, and we have not yet heard the decision on the appeal. Both Brian and I thought that Ezekiel Elliott should not have been suspended. 
Uh, I also was not too optimistic about the reduction in games because of what we've seen in the past with the NFL winning all of these when they fall back on Mm -hmm. the personal conduct Mm -hmm. policy, which they have. So you might see a reduction in games, and then the NFL, and there's some sort of injunction or something or other, and then the next thing you know, Ezekiel's playing, but then it goes through the courts again. He gets suspended next year or later in the year. I mean, it could go on forever, um, but he is fighting, as we know. Yep. So one of the bits of information that has come out during the appeal hearing and the original investigation is that the alleged victim, Tiffany Thompson, would send a bunch of text messages after Ezekiel Elliott had good games last year, <laughs> like the Steelers game. Remember when the yeah. game was unbelievable? It was back 35-30, was it? Yeah, it was an incredible game. And, and Zeke went nuts in the game. Three touchdowns in that game? Yeah. So he said that when Tiffany saw me doing well or just doing well without her, she did not like that, and she would go through any measure hmm. to kind of ruin my moment. Damn, Tiffany. Or ruin what's going on. So we had a big win against the Steelers. I had a very good game. And while I'm boarding the plane from Pittsburgh to Dallas, I received like 15 texts from an unknown number. Mm. And the texts were screenshots of text messages between Tiffany and one of my current teammates that play with me Mm. for the Cowboys. And then there was a picture of a hotel reservation which had her name and also his name on it. Basically... Her telling me that she slept with one of my teammates the previous week while we were in Cleveland. How did that make you feel, was the question asked to Ezekiel Elliott. And he said, ticked off. Now, with further investigative reporting, that teammate, none other come on. than Lucky Bleeping Whitehead. Come on, come on, Lucky's got enough to deal with. This guy is Ooh. everywhere. Damn. And I wonder if this might have had something to do mm-hmm. with his release. I'm sure it did. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Things becoming a little clearer. Uh, yes, it is. I ain't stole no doubt. <laughs> okay, Bugatti Casino. But did you send those text messages to Ezekiel Elliott? Mm-hmm. Well, not no. to him, but to Tiffany Thompson, who then sent them to yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, Lucky, I, I, I believe this is the reason he was released. This right here had nothing to do with being falsely accused of a crime back in Virginia when you could prove via the flight itinerary that you weren't even in Virginia at that time, but that fell on deaf ears. So this was the source of you want to keep your star running back as happy as possible and then your name surfaces in all this, this tawdry uh, incident, and well, we need to get rid of him. And, and I'm wondering if Lucky Whitehead went did and went to the brass. They probably didn't even bring it up to him. He, this is probably the first he's hearing that his name was involved in all this. And so, I, I my question was going to be: I wonder if Lucky went and disputed that he had anything to do with this woman. This is crazy. This, this is a trip. Yeah. I mean, you want to really upset uh, your 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 man or your former lover or whatever it is? Say I've been messing with your teammate. Mm-hmm. Say I've been messing with your your coworker. Say I've been hanging out with one of your colleagues, and we've been doing this and this. Here's the hotel receipt. You want to really incense a former lover? Do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this does not 
paint her in a good light. No, it does not. That also doesn't mean that something didn't happen. But when you look at all the evidence that is here, and you had Kia Roberts, who was the NFL's investigator on this, who reportedly recommended no discipline after interviewing Tiffany Thompson. You add that to (laughs) the mix. And then also the story about how someone who was going to testify during this, uh, the uh, original, um, I guess, hearings where the person was sick and then Ezekiel, because they was going to help out the Ezekiel Elliott case, and the Ezekiel Elliott people are saying that this person wasn't sick and we're going to try to prove that. The NFL is just hiding something and some sort of conspiracy. I mean, this is not going to end anytime soon, is it? No, it's not. And you, you try to get uh, your, your friend to lie for you. And everything that Kia Roberts has asserted is coming to, to to fruition here. It's coming to light, I should say, because this woman was on a mission. Even Zeke has said she was trying to ruin my life, and we see that. Yeah. I mean, this is just amazing, the length she would go to to cause Ezekiel Elliott pain. Now, if this guy has been physical with you, he's been abusing you, why the hell would you continue to do things like this? to incense him yeah it's a tough question to answer i I just at this point with if we're seeing all the evidence that they're seeing and there's some evidence we're not seeing that this kia roberts definitely saw and she's recommending no suspension we're still looking at six games at this point i don't know how you can hold it hold up six games unless you're going to fall back on the personal Mm -hmm. conduct policy and that's why i put I said it was very important that they put that ripping down of the shirt thing in there and also the personal right. conduct policy right. because I think that they can always say, we felt like that was worth six games, and the CBA says we can do that. Yeah. So we'll see. Wow. This is, Not over yet. This is some real Housewives of Dallas stuff, man, or Columbus. Lucky Whitehead does not Come go on. Come on, Lucky. I've said this guy's name so much. Stolen dog that wasn't stolen. <laughs> Ain't still no dog. And then man. stolen identity that was stolen. And then he stole a woman. Well, actually, she. Whatever. Yeah. Gio and Jones talk to you tomorrow. CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.